What's up, homebodies? How are we doing today? Homebodies. <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? Homebodies. I think. I think. I guess that's what we decided on calling our followers. Sorry, guys. I'm sick, so I'm gonna sound like <laughs> an actual crap show for the rest. It's okay. Of the time. I know this is like the Thanksgiving sickness time. You know, everyone just ate a bunch of food. By the way, we hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. Yeah. I had a bomb Thanksgiving. Food was good. Dessert was good. My girlfriend, she looked beautiful. <laughs> you need to stop. <laughs> I had a great Thanksgiving. It was it was great. I went mm-hmm. to, to hang out with Seth's family, my family. Um, yeah, ate a lot of good food. And it was a 10 out of 10 sleep that night. Yeah. I had work the next day. Black Friday. Oh, I also had work the next day. We both work in retail, so that... Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what are we talking about today, Seth? Today is a pretty intense topic. Yeah. Prepare yourselves. Pretty intense if you ask me. We are talking about, drumroll please, blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's... uh. Let's real quick before we get into any of it. Let's talk about what is your what did you grow up believing about blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? I just never knew what that word meant. I think I heard it a couple times, but I didn't know what it meant. I it was like things like that were described to me as like using the Lord's name in vain or yeah, or swearing, but I've come to the conclusion that blasphemy is so much more than that. What about you? I would say that I agree. I definitely grew up with the nervousness of saying things like, oh, my God, or saying things like Jesus Christ, which I still prefer not to say. What those do you things. think? Do you think that, oh, my God, counts as blasphemy? Because that's something I thought when I was young. Well, here's the thing. I think there's two different types of blasphemies. And I think in Mark, I think Jesus does go over that different type of blasphemy. Real quick, I'm going to go over the main verse that we are going to be tackling today that has to do with blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Um, if you all want to turn your Bibles oh my gosh, <laughs> to Mark, the third chapter, verses 28 to 29, uh, for context, Jesus was in Galilee. He was healing people. People around him were saying only God can forgive sins and heal people. And Jesus went on a bit of a, bit of a rant and had to say some things to these people. So this is what Jesus said to these people. Mark chapter three, again, 28, 29. I tell you the truth. All sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but... Anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. This is a sin with eternal consequences. So he mentions blasphemy twice. The first time he's saying it can be forgiven. And the second time he's saying it cannot be forgiven. Now that's the, that's the, that's the kicker there. That's where you get a lot of people who have debates about this. Yes. Because it makes you think, what is this forgivable blasphemy? And what is this blasphemy that is so harsh that it cannot be forgiven now when i think of blasphemy against when i think of the word blasphemy you know i think of someone being really intense and being like i put this down and i i say this is ridiculous and i say this is wrong and and i use profanity and and all this all this stuff to say that this is wrong when i think of the word blasphemy that's what i think about and that's the forgivable kind Mm mm-hmm Interesting. Or at least when I think of the word blasphemy, not the the forgivable kind, but when I think of the word blasphemy. Hmm. Yeah. 
I think people equate taking the Lord's name in vain with blasphemy, and I don't think that they are interchangeable. First of all, to clarify, taking the Lord's name in vain does not mean just saying, oh my God. That's something I grew up believing, and Mm. I don't agree with that anymore. There are times when someone can feel an emotion so genuinely and so expressively that they want to cry out to the Lord. If I get so excited about something, I'm going to scream, oh my God. If I get really sad about something and I'm crying out to God in a moment of like despair, I'm going to say, oh my God. Mm. I don't think it's necessary to like just say it because at that point you're just saying it with no meaning behind it. And that, you know, could be argued whether or not you're taking it in vain. But to say just the act of saying, oh, my God, especially if you're in an emotional situation, in my opinion, is not taking the Lord's name in vain. Taking the Lord's name in vain is using God's name to justify an evil action. Mm. So if someone does a horrible, horrible thing, commits a crime against another person and they say, oh, God told me to do this or um, it was in God's will for me to do this, like that is taking the Lord's name in vain. And that Mm. is an extreme case of using God's name for sin. Mm, mm. Would you say that that is unforgivable? Mm. See, that's the hard part. Well, no, because I just explained that that was taking the Lord's name in vain. And the Lord's name in vain, I don't think, is as extreme as blasphemy, which Mm -hmm. the Bible says blasphemy is unforgivable. See, but blasphemies are are forgivable, but blasphemy is the Holy Spirit. So, So see, like, that's like... Yeah, that's a gray area. See, that's that's a hard part because okay, one thing that I I like to lo- I, one part of the Bible that I like to look at is um, that gives me further context on this is earlier in Mark in chapter two where where they say oh what is he saying this is blasphemy only God can forgive sins he says healthy people do not do not need a doctor sick people do I have come not to those who think they are righteous but for those who know they are sinners yeah. Now, I think here's the big divide. One thing that it also says is in in Hebrews is, is, dear friends, if we deliberately continue sinning after we receive knowledge of the truth, there is no longer any sacrifice that will cover these sins. And later on it says, you know, uh, the Lord will judge his own people. Um, I think it's very interesting the way that it is said here because one thing that I think that I personally do believe is straight up blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is understanding that you believe it, that you believe God is real, that you've heard the message, that you know what the Bible is. You've read the Bible, you understand it, but choose to still not follow it or choose to still not follow God is straight up blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. Hmm. Now here's the thing. What if, you convert to Christianity later in your life. Here's the thing. The definition says it's the act or offense of speaking sacrilegiously about God or sacred things slash profane talk, which we already covered profane talk, I think. Um, So it's the act of offense or speaking sacrilegiously. So blasphemy doesn't have to just be words or a phrase it could be an action which like you mentioned would be the denial of god um when you have full understanding right hmm what do you think i don't know it's a really it's a 
really hard gray area for me. It, another place in Matthew, it also says Matthew twelve thirty one to, to, to thirty seven. At the beginning in thirty one, it says same thing. You know, blasphemy is the Holy Spirit, which will never be forgiven. But it says this, which is interesting, which I really find interesting. Anyone who speaks against the Son of Man can be forgiven, but anyone who speaks against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, either in this world or in the world to come. It says later on, the words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. It's interesting. Wow. And that talks about words and the power of the tongue, mm-hmm. which is touched upon more deeply in, in James, I believe. James is the book that talks about the power of the tongue. So blasphemy could be words or an action. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about the heavy against God blasphemy. Yeah. And, and now you could say that, that blasphemy just straight up, blasphemy against the Son of Man, blasphemy against Jesus is straight up just sin. You say that because they yeah. say sin and blasphemy. You know, it's just a sin and lies, sin and blasphemy. You could just say that blasphemy is just straight up sin. Right. And it's just another, wor- another word but for sin. But I don't sin. know if, if they're interchangeable like that. That's the thing. But you, that's the thing. The thing also is that they're like for us to get the Bible in the English language that we have it in today had to undergo so many translations of multiple languages. So the first blasphemy that is used in, in Mark, it's Mark, right? Mm-hmm. That's the reference we're looking at. Sorry, I'm pulling it up super quick. Or Matthew? Um, yeah, Mark. Um, all sin and blasphemy can be forgiven, but anyone who blasphemes the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Those are two blasphemies that he mentioned. The first one could have been interchangeable with sin. We don't really know the original word for that. Like, me and Seth aren't, you know, apologists who have studied for centuries. We yeah. We only... Sorry, that didn't make any sense. We only know what we know. Um, so I I don't know. Maybe there was another word for the first blasphemy. Mm. And maybe in English now, the only word we have is blasphemy. So he just used it twice. The thing I find interesting when it says this, it says sin and blasphemy, right? Right. Using sin in the, in the, in the plural, saying all sin into one lump of big sin and blasphemy into the whole lump of the one blasphemy. However, it says whoever blasphemes actively blasphemes that singular blasphemes the holy spirit so uh, how it sounds it sounds as if it's there is one specific thing that is happening here that is the blasphemy against the holy spirit that you blaspheme against the holy spirit Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing that no one truly knows what it is yeah now what do you what straight up in your an educated guess after, after you know, in your own personal research or whatever, what do you think blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is? I don't even know. I don't know what could be so awful that it's entirely unforgivable by God. Hmm. I don't know if it's like you mentioned, like straight up having the knowledge that God exists and comprehending scripture and still denying God. I don't think that's that's blasphemy because... God forgives those people every single day. You know what I mean? There are people who Mm. come to Christ and Romans um, tells us that, I I think it's Romans 8, tells us that um, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So obviously he forgives that. I don't know. And we have Mm. to think about the, um, 
the roles that each person in the Godhead plays. Because this verse specifically is talking about blasphemy against the Spirit. God is the God the Father is the administrator, God the Son is the accomplisher, and God the Holy Spirit is the applier. So what would be unforgivable to the point that it goes against God the applier? Does that make sense? Because hmm. I don't know how to answer that. That that that's a hard question. To, that's that's a hard question to answer. Okay, can for a second, can we look at it in a different way? Go ahead. Um, I think if we can look at maybe places in the Bible where God, where where you see certain people be rejected by God Himself, almost. Uh, in particular, King Saul, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, I think, what was it, Solomon or Samuel? Samuel, right, Samuel, my bad, wrong name. Uh, <laughs> but Samuel uh, prayed for Saul, right? Right. And eventually God just told Samuel, stop praying for Saul. But yeah, so that is what I would say is like an actual example in the Bible of when someone actually committed blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. What did he do? That was blasphemy. Well, it's just the the fact that he kept sinning after God had had basically rejected and Samuel kept praying to him. Saul wasn't getting better. Saul wasn't really living for God, even though Samuel... You know, so, so that is what I would say would be blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. And then I'm pretty sure Saul eventually dies. King Saul eventually dies. What traditionally in American culture has been looked at as blasphemy against the Holy Spirit? Are we thinking the same thing? Well, let's just real quick, let's just say um, trigger warning for certain people. We might talk about some pretty intense um, opinions and pretty intense ideas here. Yes. Uh, so a fair warning that we might talk about certain things like death, some things like that. So just be warned, okay? Yes. One very big thing that one very big thing that many people in America in particular look at as blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is the taking of one's own life. Mm-hmm. And interesting enough, that's actually how King Saul dies. Dies by his own sword. Um, now, while I do understand, you know, you can say, you know, you are, your body is a temple. Um, and before you can really get to where you want to get to with God, you instead kill yourself. I don't fully believe that that is, I don't really believe anymore. I used to. I do not believe that that is anymore. I don't. I don't believe that's blasphemy either. I think people believe that the taking of one's own life is blasphemy because it's like you are sinning against your own body by taking, you know, the life of yourself. It's worse than taking the life of another because it's your body, your temple, whatever, whatever. I can understand that, but at the same time, God is such a loving God and such an understanding God that he he can understand why someone would be in such a state of mental distress that they would say, I don't want to be here anymore. If, they, if that person had severe mental illness or had, um, was in need of help and no one provided help to that person... I don't believe that God would say, okay, well, if you just decide to end it all, then I'm not forgiving you or I'm not, you're not going to be with me in my kingdom. I don't don't believe that. I believe that God 
is so understanding of that. And he is going to welcome those people with open arms into his kingdom. I believe that it's also pretty, I believe it's also very unfair to say that as well and very unempathetic to say that as well because lots of people in the more traditional side like to deny certain things such as, and not all of them, but like to deny certain certain things such as depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. And so when you give such a broad statement that, oh, you can't kill yourself because that would be blasphemy. That would be a sin. That's a huge sin. You, would ne- you can never be forgiven of that. Right. That is, then you have a person who, if they do it, develop suicidal thoughts now they're going to be even more scared of those thoughts right. themselves and now they're going to feel guilty more scared. for thinking those thoughts mm-hmm. and a lot of times those thoughts they can't control those thoughts mm-hmm. a lot of people have chronic illnesses mentally that you know may not be treated at the time mm. and so for you to tell that person those awful things they're just going to feel guilty about thoughts that they can't control mm-hmm. and we as christians should be doing the complete opposite of that Mm-hmm. We should be seeking out people who have mental illness and comforting them. Like, why can't the church be a safe place? Why are people leaving the church when the church should be the place that people come to to find rest and to find so much comfort in and to find community and healing? That's what we need to strive for. Not shouting at people, yelling at them, shoving things down their throat. That's not how that works. I would agree with that. I would very much agree with that. While I understand where they come from when they say things like suicide can be that, I don't agree. I think it can oftentimes be a bit closed-minded. And I think, honestly, it can just, it's just kind of un, un, unempathetic towards other Christians, especially younger Christians. Yeah. Um, so we'll go over that one. We won't talk about that one anymore. I also believe that uh, a form of blasphemy that, that a lot more people consider or at least I, I see a lot more people talking about, um, is generally just denouncing God comfortably. And um, you're talking about people who have already understood and comprehended the gospel, completely denying God. In particular, there is there was a challenge, I think, on YouTube called the Blasphemy Challenge. What? Uh, lots of, yeah, a good amount of these big name people. In fact, I'm pretty sure Penn and Teller did it, I think. Oh you know that, right? Yeah. Penn and Teller, I think, did this. Basically, what it would be, it would be a video of you getting on camera saying that you denounce God, you don't believe in God, and that if God ends up being real, that you are fully okay with the consequences of that. That's now, that's so straight up. That's straight up blasphemy. That is straight up blasphemy. Um, I would say that that is straight up just blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. If you are willing to take, in the, t- take, in, take it in, understand it, and still say things such as, "Man, nah, this I don't, I don't believe in this." That it's is so interesting that you Here's said that. Here's the thing, though: most people, like God even said, like Jesus even says, in um, at the end, at the end of Mark, at the end in, in Mark two, he says that you know, I have come, I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. God is here for those who know their sinners and want to be better, not for those who believe they're righteous and don't want and don't want to hear about God. You know, right? He's here for everyone, of course. However, it, it it's not about these people who who believe that they are so self righteous and want to say no. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in a God or 
And it's not to say that if you don't believe in a God, that you are immediately just a self-righteous, awful right, person. That's not what we're saying. That's not true. But what I'm saying is someone who fully believes that they are above sin and are too self-righteous and go uh, and, and, and go into this area where they say things like, I'm going to denounce God and whatever the consequences are, I'm willing to pay them. That's straight up, I believe, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. That makes me think of a conversation I had with a friend of mine in high school. This friend was like my debate friend. We would always talk about religion and politics endlessly. Um, and one time we were talking about our differences in faith because at the time he was, and I'm not sure if he would identify more as an atheist or an agnostic. Um, now he's like a, he believes different spiritual things. But at the time I asked him, I said, if I presented to you all of the evidence that I that I possibly could that Christianity is true, would you accept him? If if God himself came up to you, revealed his face to you and said, believe in me, like you had all of the evidence that you possibly needed. I said, would you still follow him? And he thought about it for a second and he was like, you know what? I don't think I would. And I thought that was so interesting because people always want to talk about evidence and proof and why doesn't God write his name in the stars? Even if he did that, there would still be people who would need something more and who mm. still wouldn't choose to believe. So I just think it's interesting that you brought that up. And yeah, the the fact is that some people don't want anything to do with God and that's their prerogative. Like, I, yeah, I just, I appreciate um, your words there. And I think it holds a lot of truth in, in society today. Mm -hmm. That was well said. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I ultimately think that blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is something that you probably have to be so far out of Christianity to commit. You likely are probably not a Christian if you commit this. Um, and that's I don't think that that's an offensive thing to say because it is something that you have to be so far away from it to to be that it just becomes kind of natural you're not going to blast commit blasphemy as the holy spirit you know and be unforgiven and then go pray as a right. christian and say hey can i be forgiven for this god it's going to probably be in a place where you don't you don't even care because you don't even believe and you're not going to ask for forgiveness anyway uh-huh so to conclude guys we do not have the answer and we never will because we're human we are not god and um, that's perfectly okay. There are so many things that we are not going to know. There's so many topics we're going to tackle, hopefully on this podcast, that we might just have to say, ultimately, you don't have the answer. It was just interesting to discuss. Um, and honestly, I think that contributes to the beauty and the mystery of God. Mm. People oftentimes leave the faith because they have unanswered questions. Mm. But the truth is that I think unanswered questions should draw you in towards a closer relationship with God. Amen. There's something really beautiful about mystery and knowing that we are not like God and therefore we need him. Mm -hmm. And one day we're going to be able to ask him all those things that we want to. So I think it's really cool actually to have questions that we just need to wait to receive answers for. Mm -hmm. So very interesting conversation. I think this debate on what blasphemy actually is in American society will continue. So yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, and as a last kind of minute here, guys, just something I want to bring up is that I believe that when we go into topics like this, 
we can ultimately find ourselves being nervous and scared. Scared by other people, scared by other Christians that maybe we're committing blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and we don't even know it. Ultimately, if you put your heart where God is and you follow the conviction that he's given you and the conviction that you built up in your own life, worry about your relationship with God. So well said. Don't worry about the rela- don't worry about the relationships other others want you to have with God. Don't worry about the things God is telling you that or, or that others want God to tell you. It is what God is telling you deep down inside. So what you believe ultimately and of course there are rules and guidelines, you know? But ultimately you need to choose what you believe and understand what you believe about this because it is your ultimate decision and your choice to commit blasphemy against the Holy Spirit, but it's also your choice to have a great life with God. Like, be a person who also just proves that no matter what, you still have your faith there. And even yep. through your hard decisions, look at Job, of course. We talk about Job's in his hard, Job in his hard times. But you know what God says? God says, look at Job. There are none like him. Hmm. Be the Job in your own life. Be a person who goes through those hard times and still comes through it and still finds God at the center. Still finds God there. Because straight up, I love God, man. <laughs> We're besties, homies, straight up. Do you? Yeah. I do. I do. <laughs> Jesus is my friend. No, but the relationship is first. Yes. Figuring out what those blasphemies are is second here. You got to show up first. Got to show up first. So don't get your head all wrapped up in these blasphemies first. But when you do, you know, decide what your convictions are, yeah. then come back and have a conversation with us about it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. Applause all around, darling. <laughs> all right. <laughs> are you done trying to beat by? <laughs> that was cute, though. All right, guys. Thanks for sticking around through our controversial topic. Um, we will be back next week with maybe something we'll lighthearted, maybe next not. Next week, we'll be back next week. Gonna record Pshh. that and use it. We'll be back next week. Pshh. We'll be back next week. That was a bit off key. Love it. Whack. I'm recording it and using it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next right, time. Have a nice week, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs>